Welcome to the first episode of the Impact Podcast. Impact will interview world leaders across sectors and geographies, helping inspire young people to intentionally craft impactful careers. I'm Rahul, a doctoral student at Oxford who studies how we can use machine learning to make healthcare better. And I'm Daniel. I'm also a PhD student, but I'm thinking about the ethics and policy implications of what smart people like Rahul are doing in the lab. And we're very pleased today to welcome Megan Wheeler, who is the executive director of the Schmidt Science Fellows Program, which aims to develop the next generation of interdisciplinary science leaders. She previously worked as a neuroscientist and a clinical psychologist, holds two doctoral degrees, one of which she completed as a Rhodes Scholar at Magdalen College, Oxford. So welcome, Megan, to the podcast today. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So we were wondering if you could just start by running us through your background, please, for our listeners. Sure. It's a a long and windy career. So how long have you got? Um, but I, let's see, I, so I, when I finished at Oxford, I had a, a PhD in neuroscience and was on a path of, of becoming an academic neuroscientist and followed that for some amount of time um, and, and then realized that I really wanted to have a more tangible impact on the lives of the patients that I was, was seeing and made a career shift into clinical psychology and um, was a psychologist for also some amount of time. I'm sure we will unpack some of these things a little bit later, uh, but to give you the brief version. Um, and then a couple years ago, had an opportunity to find a way to sort of merge uh, my love of neuroscience and my love of psychology and this real uh, love of, um, yeah, finding bridges between disciplines and trying to do more uh, across those disciplines than we can in one individual one and to take on this leadership role at the Schmidt Science Fellows Program. And could you tell us a little bit more about your role with the Schmidt Science Fellows? Yeah, so I'm, I'm the executive director of the Schmidt Science Fellows Program, and we have a, a really simple but bold idea that if you can change the way science training happens, you can help scientists have uh, to solve bigger problems faster. You know, these boundaries have grown up around the scientific disciplines, but the big problems of the world don't know those, those disciplinary bounds. And so if we want our scientists to be able to have a really positive impact in the world, cure disease, uh, tackle big problems um, facing our society, that we need to train them to um, you know, be able to, to bridge those, those disciplines and, and find solutions to problems that you can perhaps only see with multiple disciplinary lenses. And to take a bit of a step back here, we are really interested to know a bit more about what drew you to this role. This is something that we've been calling uh, between ourselves philosophy of impact, if you will, to know how you think about impact and what philosophy, which values define your decision making. How do you define a fulfilling and impactful career and how do you think about that? Mm, such a good question. I, I think that, you know, there's... There's so many needs out there in the world, and um, and really the way to have an impactful career is to figure out what your unique skills are and what drives you, what values you have, and how you can align those with the needs of the world. And I think if you can find the thing that most leverages your particular passions, uh, values, and that that um, allows for the greatest impact that you individually can have in the world. And could you give us an example of what those passions, those values look like in your case for you? Yeah. I think over the course of my career, I have 
really grappled with this real desire to have a significant impact on the world, but a knowledge that grew over time that what I found the most energizing for me, where I felt like I had unique skills, were in developing um, relationships. And that by, um, it was really meaningful to me to know that I was able to have a tangible impact on the life of another human being. And yet I also knew that I wanted to have a sort of scalable impact on the world, uh, that that somehow felt meaningful to me. And so it was a real tension for quite some time. As a neuroscientist, it felt like, you know, I was working really hard to create new knowledge and hopefully someday that new knowledge would impact a great number of people's lives. But it might not be in my lifetime that that happened. Um, and that made it sometimes hard to feel motivated to do to do that work uh, because it felt really far off and not something that I could feel and experience. Um, and I think when I allowed myself to be okay with that and to recognize that I was so energized by, by being a part of the impact of the work that I was having, right, to feel it, to know it, to experience it, that that energized me and allowed me to do my work better and then probably did make me have a greater impact. That that, you know, that shifted me to psychology and ultimately to the work that I'm doing now and sort of finding that, that way of you know, that sort of Venn diagram between your own skills and, and what you could do in this world and finding, finding that, that overlap where what you're doing and really passionate about is also having an impact on the world. That's all very inter interesting to hear. Um, one of the things we've talked a bit about is the difficulty in trade-offs that um, many pe young people face um, between personal happiness and career impact, some of which you're touching upon here. Uh, and we're interested to hear a bit more about how you thought about this trade-off in the context of becoming a practicing clinical psychologist. Yeah, so I think that I, I recognized that I, I needed to feel that impact of the work. And I, I loved being a clinical psychologist. I loved feeling like you know, at the end of my work day, I could leave most days knowing that I'd made somebody's life better, right? And that, that, that something about the skills, the relationship we developed, the, the work that we were doing uh, was meaning that they were going on with their day feeling better than they had when they started. Um, and I, I, you know, I was also involved in research, so it allowed me to still have that feeling of, okay, well, I'm still doing some scalable impact, but I'm also having these one-on-one -on -one interactions that were energizing me and driving me. Um, I, I think what's really wonderful about sort of this stage of career is that I've found a way to have both of those in a really meaningful way. So at the Schmidt Science Fellows Program, I'm supporting a great number of scientists who are going out there and, you know, and changing the world. And, um, you know, we're giving them the skills that they need to do that better. And so I feel like there's that scalable impact. But I also get to help develop and um, develop relationships with, you know, the fellows and mentor them and be a part of their development and still have that kind of tangible feeling of impact. Um, so it's nice to have kind of finally found that emerging of the two. It's maybe important to say that, you know, it's really nice to be, you know, in sort of mid-career and have found a way to, to juggle all of those things. But there was a lot of, um, yeah, stress and doubt along the way of like, how am I going to make this all work? And what am I going to prioritize? And how, how am I going to do that? And it's a really nice story tied up in a nice bow right now, but it didn't always feel that way. Um, and I think it's been helpful on this side of it to realize that 
that careers are are long and um, and that you know it is sometimes important to focus on one thing or the other and they can come together later on. And given this, one of the things we're very curious to hear your perspective on is how you think about career planning, especially given, you know, the future can be so uncertain. And as you mentioned, it's sometimes difficult to project out several years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, that was that was tough starting out. I think that I really wanted to know exactly what the path was going to be. And I was okay that it was going to take time to get there. But um, you know, it, it felt like there ought to be an exact direct line between uh, A and B. You know, in the academic world, some of that is, you know, spelled out for you, right? Uh, you know, you start out as an assistant professor and then an associate professor, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there was something nice and satisfying about knowing what that path might look like. Um, but I think in reality, you know, life throws you so many different opportunities and so many different curveballs. And the number of people who could tell you this is the plan that I'm going to follow and this is the pathway, and then that actually be the one that happened is quite small, uh, even in the academic path. Um, and I think what what I would have advised my, my older, my younger self um, years ago was to really figure out what was going to you know, what, what was going to drive the decisions that I was going to make in the career? You know, what were the values that were going to be important for me, that were going to allow me to make the most of those opportunities that came my way and to, to handle and, and, and deal with the curveballs that would come? And what sort of process did you go through to define or to think about these values? Well, it was messy, you know? I mean, it it took two PhDs to figure it out, right? <laughs> Which you know maybe sounds lovely on a resume right now, but in in uh, in reality was me just finding my way. You know, I I thought I wanted to be a neuroscientist because I was good at it and was going to have a big impact. But there was a lot of time where I realized, you know, I was not that happy doing it. You know, the things that I loved were the days that I would have the patients come in and we would, you know, scan their brains and I would interact with them and talk about the potential of the work that we were doing and why it was really important and meaningful. But then they'd go away and I'd have months of analyzing the data, you know, and sitting in a lab by myself. And um, and that was not as satisfying to me. And so, but I continued on, you know, that path for quite some time because it was the one I was on. And and uh, and thought is what I was supposed to be doing, and it was a big it was a big shift to to decide to prioritize and value uh, value that sort of meaningful thing for me. You know that that impact of 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 the relationship, the the desire to to think about how how you tell the story of why something is important. You know that that dissemination of knowledge was something I also really enjoyed. Um, and so trying to think about what I, what I cared about, what motivated me, what I valued, and, and, and allowing that to be something that really drove the future decisions. That's really thoughtful. One of the things I'm also curious about in this particular transition you've made to your current executive director role is from the linearity of the academic path to, as you say, the assistant associate full professor, the tenure process, having those ostensibly clearly laid out milestones as opposed to in a posi- in maybe the 
executive world not necessarily having that clear a career trajectory just laid out for you how have you navigated that transition you know there's actually something really freeing about there not being a defined path because i think that you you get to define that path based on impact that you want to have in the world and on those sort of outcomes right and so i you know as as an executive we get to create a strategic plan for the organization that kind of defines how we want to have our impact in the world and and where we want to go and so we get to kind of define what that what that path is and you know there's there's the sort of strategic plan for the organization but you know there's also this sort of recognition of kind of what um, how I will define what what I want my career to be and that a part of that is that I really want to love what I do because if I love what I do I'm going to put all of myself into it and do a better job than I could ever do um, just by being good at what I do right and so I you know get to think about how do I merge wanting to make this really great impact in the world and the work that we're doing with my love for that and to have found something that allows for both of that is is really exciting and that it doesn't have to be that I start at A and then I go to B and then I go to C and it might evolve and change and you know good good strategic plans have big benchmarks but they you know the details kind of evolve evolve and change over time as we learn more about how we might have our impact in the world. It's freeing. I mean, it, look, it's scary at first, right? It's actually kind of terrifying at first because nobody's defined that for you. Um, but then you realize, oh, I get to define that for myself, right? And for the organization. And, um, and once you get over that fear, uh, it's quite, quite exciting and liberating. And, and I think really ultimately allows me to do more than I could otherwise. Change tack slightly now. Uh, your career has been characterized by a wide variety of interdisciplinary work and internationalism as well. Are there any particular difficulties that you faced in straddling disciplines and geographies? And could you tell our listeners a bit about how you might have been able to over overcome these challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's there are big and small answers to that question. I think in terms of looking at the sort of straddling disciplines, um, there are some really mundane things that get in the way. <laughs> so for instance, um, language is actually a huge part. Uh, straddling psychology and neuroscience, there are words that both fields use that actually mean something slightly different in, in both fields. And you know, one of, the, one of the scientific works that I'm most proud of is actually not any new knowledge generation but is just identifying this one word that people were using in different ways in two different fields, and then sort of allowing them to reanalyze all of the data and find new things as a result of just a definition, right? So there's really sort of small things that become hugely important when you're working across fields. And perhaps that's not that different when you're working across geographies, you know, recognizing who you are and the lens in which you view the world and that that's different um, than, uh, the lenses other people are using uh, are, you know, important to do. And so um, I think in bridging, in bridging disciplines and bridging geographies, it's really very similar in that regard. 
And, you know, one thing that many Rhodes Scholars are sometimes occupied with is the pressure to make a positive impact, to live up to the scholarships, so to speak. How have you thought about this challenge? You know, I think that the Rhodes Scholarship is a wonderful honor and and a wonderful opportunity. Um, And it does also come with a great responsibility to to do... um, to do something good with with the scholarship, right? With the opportunity that you've been given that somebody else hasn't, um, and so I think there's some pressure that comes, you know, usually more internally driven, you know, than 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 externally, but um, but certainly is one that I remember feeling, and frankly, still feel to this day sometimes um, that, you know, uh, yeah, that I want to. I want to do something good in the world and to be able to use the the incredible experiences and privileges that I've been been given uh, in order to have that impact. How I've managed that, um, you know, I think that there were times of my life where uh, that felt really important to do in some way that seemed externally defined that like I you know there was sort of again maybe this path that I was supposed to follow and if I did that I'd have a big impact and that would therefore mean that I had done right by the scholarship or by my mentors or whatever those external pressures were I think when I allowed myself to realize that the best way that I could have a good impact and do right by the scholarship was that I needed to find out what energized me and allowed me to use my skills to their fullest Um, and sort of allowing for that became really important and freeing and realizing that you know I could have a really great impact on the world not by doing what I thought I was supposed to do or what was laid out for me but that would genuinely brought me joy and um, and therefore would allow me to do good work. For those people who might be considering a PhD or other forms of academic research, what advice would you have uh, for them in thinking about being interdisciplinary or in thinking about the impact that their research specifically might have? I think I would suggest to them to be as curious about the world as they are about their particular subject or line of work and to really keep, keep an open mind and develop multiple lenses to viewing these problems, right? So I think that there's something important about being able to work together with people that have other areas of expertise, and team science is hugely important, but I think there's also something fundamentally important about having multiple deep knowledge bases as an individual scientist, Um, that you really, in order to bridge multiple disciplines, you do need to have some depth of knowledge in more than one area. And I would just, I would just, you know, get get exposure to as many big ideas as you can you know don't just don't just go to the lectures in in your particular field but go go to them in multiple ones and think about you know how are other people approaching problems like the ones that i care about i would think about what what really drives you what do you love about your science what are the what are the and what does that kind of tell you about the values that you have do you just love creating new knowledge do you love attacking big societal problems? Which ones? Why? Why do you care about that? What, what do you enjoy about it? When you think about your, when you think about your day or your week, what, what is like, 
What are the things that you love? Do you love the lab meetings because you love collaborating with people? Do you love the writing time because you're, you're you know, by yourself thinking about how you're going to communicate this to the world? Or do you just love being at the bench? I mean, what, which parts of it do you enjoy and why? what does that tell you about who you are and how you might maximize the skills that you have to then go have that impact? And bringing that back to your own journey, just to provide some flavor and color to the story, how did you run through that? Did you engage in that sort of process when you were thinking about the shift into clinical psychology? For sure. And, I, you know, I wish I had been able to do it in a more intentional way, perhaps earlier on. But if I go back and look now, um, you know, I loved I loved the lab meetings. I love thinking about big ideas with people. I loved generating the ideas for the grants that we would write, you know. I loved um, I loved going to scientific meetings and standing in front of a poster and talking to people about the science that we were doing and the impact that it might have. I loved uh, recruiting people for our studies and telling them why this mattered. Why should they take you know half a day of their life and lie in, in you know in a scanner <laughs> and get their brain scanned? Like why was that important? And what you know I love talking about how what we were doing could unlock the human mind. It was just exciting. Um, and so if I go back and look at that, you know that was somebody that that had had big ideas that loved sort of gathering people around big ideas, that loved communicating about impact, um, that really liked, liked interacting with people, right? And wanted to make a really positive difference in somebody's life, um, but that those were the skills that, you know, she was going to use to do that. She happened to, you know, be good at some of the other things and details of it, but that probably wasn't what really brought her joy and wasn't going to be what allowed her to have an impact in the world in the same way. Given that emphasis on impact, it's really fitting that you're our first guest on the Impact Podcast. It's such a special privilege, I have to say. It's exciting. <laughs> and I think you highlight this really interesting point that I imagine many of our listeners will empathize with, the idea that just because you're good at something, just because you can do something, doesn't necessarily mean you should, doesn't necessarily mean you enjoy it, or that it brings you joy, or that it's where you should spend the rest of your life and career. No, I think that's true. And I mean... You know, look, if you're if you're doing really good work in the world, it's not going to be easy every moment of it. But part of finding what brings you joy in the kind of long term is what's going to basically sustain you through those challenging times. Right. So I think it's about finding that, uh, you know, those long term drivers of of joy so that you can can sustain yourself through through the, the challenges of of really hard but good work. Megan, are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with? Well, um, first of all, thank you for the opportunity. It's wonderful, wonderful to, to speak with you about these things. I wish I had this when I was thinking about what my career might be. And I think my, my final thoughts would be to really just find what, what you value by figuring out what brings you joy and recognizing that by figuring that out, you'll be able to have a bigger impact uh, on the world than you would by just doing what you're good at. That's an insightful and really inspiring reflection to leave us with. Thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for having me.